Hello and welcome to the Invest in Me podcast series. My name is Marlo and I am your hostess. Welcome. So today's episode of the Invest in Me podcast series is a repeat of the interview that I had done on March 31st with Pastor Jim Elmore. Today, Tuesday, June the 6th, marks the 30th year that he has pastored the Church of God in Page, West Virginia. And so as a tribute to him and to Pastor Kim, I wanted to reshare the interview with him. So here it goes. I hope you enjoy. I'm here with my pastor, Jim Elmore. He's the pastor of the Church of God in Page, West Virginia. And we're going to interview him today and just ask him some questions. And uh, so we're going to get started. Jim, I appreciate you doing this. And You're very welcome. I enjoy never done one before. I think it'll be interesting, I hope. <laughs> Um, we'll just skip that one. So what do you like about being a pastor? People. Okay. I, uh, there are two different types of preachers. You have a pastor who loves his people, who has cares for people, who has a desire to take care of people. Then you have another as an evangelist who just likes to share God's word, and they don't have all that responsibility. I like, I've done both. And I care for the pastoral part. That's why I've done it for almost 30 years now. Mm-hmm. Well, over 30 years now. I'll be here 30 years in June, but a year and a half somewhere else before that. So over 30 years already. But uh, this, I just love people. I love being their shepherd, their, being able to share with them and just share their lives with them and be with them. Okay. Okay, Pastor Jim, our next question I'm going to ask you is, was there an event or a person that you feel influences your life the most, and, and why do they influence you, and how? Wow. had several adult people when I grew up that were influences in my life. Probably one that I can recollect really important. I grew up in a foster home, as you know, and I did attend a church, and there was a youth pastor there when I was 14, 15 years old, who took an interest in me and uh, got me really involved in the youth group and did some things. And uh, I can remember him taking me to town center in Charleston and buying me a suit for Easter one time when I was like 15 years old, 14, 15 years old. And that just made such an impression upon me, but just the life that he lived and things. His name was Gary Godonsky. He was a wonderful, wonderful gentleman. He just really made an impression upon me. But there's other people, uh, Sunday school teachers and people in Bible school that I grew up with, um, Ann Keys, um, Pastor Gallimore from the uh, uh, church in Oler Avenue. He was, he came and picked us up in a Volkswagen every Sunday to come to church because we didn't have a vehicle to get there. Right. So he was very influential in my life, him and his wife, different ones, but several people in that church who were, but then also people that have been influenced with this church here. Since I was here, when I started coming here when I was 17 years old, and there were role models here and people that I looked up to, brother and sister Dunbar and Jerry Dunbar and Barbara Dunbar and different ones 
that I really thought a lot of and really cared about. So many people that have influenced me in that realm, but it was always for the positive and for the, to, I always say for the glory of God because they helped me pave my road to where I am today. Right. I was invited to uh, uh, Church of God of Prophecy, actually, in Page. When I was a little, little girl, I don't know, I was probably five or six years old, and and uh, we didn't go to church as a family, but that's how we got started. My neighbor invited us and would pick us up. She and her husband would pick us, my brother and me up, and take us to church. Well, I remember your mom started coming here because she and I, I met her. They were having a um, fundraiser or some kind of thing down at the ball field. And I ran into your mom, and a couple of the ladies in the church have been talking to her too. But I talked to her that that Saturday, and she came the following Sunday and been here ever mm-hmm. since. So, but yeah. I can remember that I was young <laughs> then, just getting started and stuff. But really, remember yeah, when that's she came? So many years ago, I think my children were small. So it's been a lot of years. <laughs> yeah, lots. Yes. Um, Jim, how did you know that you were called into the ministry? At what? point in your life or can you pinpoint oh yeah I was a child I mean I've told this before but I was probably 10 years old I lived as I said I lived in a foster home with several children but anytime we would play church we play church because we went to church and we play church mm-hmm. you get the Sears book out or the old magazines out and that was the Bibles <laughs> and the song books and those things and I was probably 10 or 11 years old and uh, every time we played church, though, I was the preacher. I always oh, yeah. was the preacher. <laughs> and then when uh, when all the animals would die, we would have a funeral for it. And I would preach the funeral for the animal. <laughs> oh, no. And I really? Knew this, I mean, yeah, I knew this all my I knew it all my life, basically. And it's funny because when I first came to church here, I got involved. And I thought, well, I ran from it for a while, you know, kind of. I, uh, I'll be a Sunday school teacher, and that'll be adequate. And then, well, that was, then I'll be the youth director, and that'll be adequate. That would be fine. And then it just kept on to where finally it just overtook that I would lead service on Sunday night. Sometimes the poor brother Simon wouldn't get to preach sometimes because <laughs> the Lord would just take over. And so he just asked me one Sunday. He said, I'm having a revival. I'm scheduling a revival uh, the week of Easter, I think it was. He said, I have a different preacher each night. He said, the only night I have open is Thursday. And I want to know if you're willing and ready to accept your call. Wow. And that's when I did it. That's when we did it. So Cool. That's really neat. But I was 20, <laughs> 26 at the time. You know, you? all that time, knowing since a child and all that time. But this took me that long to oh, really... Wow. You know, to get myself to do it. Eventually said, okay. <laughs> and once I stepped forth, there wasn't no stopping after that. It was just, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, what do you feel brings you the most joy as a pastor? I know you talked about, um, you know, your key thing is people. You, you love people. But is there anything specific that, that brings you joy as um, a pastor? The whole thing. I mean, everything. It's just... The whole thing is, I mean, there's there's aspects of everything. People, you know, kids come, the kids thrill mm-hmm. my heart. You know, they just, 
they touch Monikin's soul, but we just cry when they do things. And you know, you've seen us do that. And we cry about everything here over the church. <laughs> but the thing, I, I don't know, it's just so um, everything aspect of the whole thing. I love sharing God's word, and I hope that I do it, you know, well enough. But I, I love doing sharing God's word, and I love to see when people get it, when people mm-hmm. get that. You know, sometimes you can see where somebody it clicks or somebody gets it. That's thrilling. Right. You know? Or And then I've had, and you have people who ask questions. I love when people ask questions because there are no dumb questions. There are no, you know, if somebody has a question, we need to get an answer. Mm-hmm. And people say, well, I don't know if this is important or not. All questions are important because if, if they need an answer, then we need to find that answer. Right. But I, there's, there's not an aspect to it probably <laughs> that I dislike. But probably the, the most favorite thing, I enjoy the, the worship, the fellowship. I love singing. You know, I love to sing. Mm-hmm. I love singing. And when we do our singing and we worship, I love worship. Um, I love kids worshiping and giving their, you know, just putting their all into it. I really dig. I like that part too. So. Gotcha. Well, what about, is there anything that gives you stress as a pastor? I uh, know. I no? don't believe in stress. I've, no. told, I've told myself years ago, <laughs> and people say, is that really, really true? And I say, uh, years ago, I've made up my mind. Even with I work, you know, I worked at DH Kroger for 25 years. I worked at the DHHR. I tried never to bring it home. I never wanted to stress over anything. When I walked out the door, I was done. Now, I would stress here sometimes when I first got here. I would stress about, did I preach good enough? Or is that good enough? Or was this right or that right? But uh, Brother Mike, it goes to our church. Uh, he taught me a lesson 25 years ago, for real. I mean, he said, Jim, why are you stressing? If you're doing what God wants you to do, then you got nothing to stress over. Right. He said, a lot of times we get <clears throat> caught up in it and we stress a little or whatever might happen. And he said, he said, but I learned a long time ago, I don't, and he don't worry about nothing, and he doesn't. And I took that same thing back then, 25 years ago from him, don't worry about anything. You know, and I tell you guys all the time, 99% of the things we worry about never take place, so why stress? (laughs) I I try my best not to stress. Now, I I won't say there's never a time that I don't stress over something, but, you know, we've been so blessed in this church, you know, with everything that we do, God blesses us, and we just, so I I really don't stress that much. Matter of fact, I might be a little too carefree sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I should stress more often than ever now and then, I don't know. No, it's gotten you this far. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I'm a stressor. <laughs> I get that honestly. Uh, yes, you do. <laughs> and we don't want to mention their names. <laughs> right. She don't want to be on the podcast. <laughs> She'll get both of us. <laughs> um, what do you think that the best, what part of the ministry brings the best out in you? Like, is there is there a particular thing? I know it's funny. I'm going to share this story. Any, but when I first moved back into this neighborhood, you'd always hear. I mean, the church people wouldn't even call it the Church of God. They'd say Jim's Church. It's always been Jim's Church. Yeah. And one thing that I always noticed, and I think is so awesome about you, is you are definitely about visiting, calling, keeping up with your people, and even even people who aren't members here uh-huh. in the neighborhood. Yeah. So I Fun, didn't think funny to... story about that is uh, 
one of our members who was older, she had been ill, and her son went to this church, and uh, she got to the point where she couldn't stay by herself anymore, and he was still working. So he had, there, his brother lived in Kentucky. I had pastored here probably a year or two years when that happened. And uh, they said, they said uh, Pastor Jim, what are you doing? And I said, what do you mean? He said, you're supposed to bring people into church, not move them out. I said, well, she needed to move to her sons in Kentucky to take care of her. So we ran to U-Haul, and we moved her to Kentucky. <laughs> and they said, what kind of preacher are you? You move people out when you're supposed to be bringing them in. <laughs> I said, I'm all about a preacher. We can do whatever we need to do. That's right. But I've told people before. I mean, I've had people come to church here, and you know, they're like, well, you know, I'm not sure where I want to go to church. It doesn't matter where you go, just go. Right. I, now, do I want everybody to come here and stay here? Yeah. But if they're not comfortable here, if they or if they felt like they led somewhere else, then mm-hmm. they need to go there. Right. And I willingly would help them go. I mean, I, right. when the last pastor was here moved, I helped him move. Not because I wanted him gone, because I, you know, I just <laughs> helped him move. I took my truck and helped him move to his new place. Did that. And then I started here two weeks later. So, I mean, you know, so... I'm all about it, Pastor. All about it. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Jim, if you could go back in time to a younger version of yourself. Yeah. Okay, this is a two part question. Okay. Part one, what age would it be? And then part two, what would you say to that younger version to prepare you for your journey as a pastor? As a pastor, well, I was going to tell you as a person. Oh, okay, okay. Worked, you can do I started both. Kruger, I started Kruger when I was 16 years old. I went into the National Guard when I was 18. And after basic training in AIT, I almost went full-time and went to Germany and a couple of places I was going to go full-time military. Well, I didn't do that because at the time, Kruger was really pretty good money. I mean, it was a good job. But if I'd really done my desire, the thing that I wanted to do was I wanted to be a school teacher and a coach. Yeah, really? But because I worked at Kroger and the money was, you know, comparable to teachers at the time, I just went ahead and stayed at Kroger's and did 25 years there. Now, granted, Kroger took good care of me and it was a great, I mean, great career and I loved it there and it was fine. No issues. But if I had it to think about that over again, probably, yeah, I would have maybe went in the military or done the college thing or whatever. But ministry, that I would have done it before I was 26. I would have done it maybe when I was 17, 18 or 19. Really? Yeah, yeah, earlier. To, to put it off as long as Knowing in my heart what I should have done, what I was supposed to do, mm-hmm. and waited so long to do it. And basically that was just because I thought, well, this could fill that void and this could fill that void and I can do this. But, yeah, I would have done it. I would have done it earlier. Really? So, yeah, I think so. Wow. Right. Well, that's cool. Um, how do you feel about different ministries? Everybody has one. I've what you're doing right now is a ministry. This podcast is a ministry. Yeah. It reaches out to people. Anything that we can do as a person that reach out to people, what you're doing, uh, home visitation. Right. I know people that send birthday cards or, or cards when people miss church. Or I know people that just call the telephone ministry. Mm-hmm. I try to do a mix of all those things. Of course, you know, if you're not here, I'm calling you want to know why. <laughs> but not because I'm bugging you, because I'm concerned. <laughs> right. But uh, there's so many. Everybody, I don't care who you are, 
if you're in the church, has a ministry. You say, well, I don't really do much. Do you pray? Well, you can have a prayer ministry. Mm-hmm. There are devout prayer people who get, get to the whole the throne of God who are devout that I'm, you know, I'm glad they're praying for me, you know, right. one of those. But there's a ministry for everybody. Like I said, what you're doing, different things that people do. There's an entity. Everybody in the church can have a ministry if they choose to have one. Right, right. It's just they I have agree. to find their niche and what they're doing and what they want to do for the glory of God. I don't care what it is. If it's just, if it's sitting there, me, me mailing out a card, you lick the stamp and put it on, that's fine. It's a ministry. All of this, anything that you can do that's going to give the glory to God and uplift his church and help this congregation or this church, you know, that you have a ministry within it. It could be talking to people outside, just mm-hmm. walking up the down, you know, go for a walk and just, hey, how you doing? Come to church or visit, you know. Right. Very simple things. It don't take a lot to have a ministry. Right. So everybody can do that. You kind of answered my final question, but if you want to elaborate a little bit more, my final question was what what kind of advice would you give for anybody who feels called to the ministry, whether rather it be you know preaching or music director, teacher, we've had, or whatever. We've had pastors come out of this church since I've been here, some people that have went on to pastor churches, and uh, I'm thrilled about that, and I felt that I've had a part of that. And one thing I'll tell you this, too, that I've, I've, I've always felt near and dear to my heart, and I've always done this, probably more times than a lot of preachers would. But if I find a minister who's never preached, they've called to preach, but they've never preached anywhere yet. They might preach at their local church a time or two, but they've never went out and preached anywhere. I'm real big about, I've had probably, in the 30 years I've been here, I've probably had probably 30, 40 guys that have come here and preached their first sermon in our church. Oh, I didn't even realize that. Their first church, their first, sermon outside their own church mm-hmm. you know to a different congregation not just to their people but to a different congregation mm-hmm. i've had many not as many lately but 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 in the years past and guys that have gone on to pastor churches and have done that kind of thing uh but you know we have we have kids people here who i believe have a desire for music ministry and things like that and different things and th- they just have to have that desire and then once they get that desire they just need to go and, you know, education. Try to maybe get some education. You know, there's there's there are degrees in the in the Church of God for someone who wants to be a, a song minister that they can get a certificate or a, a certification mm-hmm. in music ministry. Uh, there's evangelism, you know, things, different things, but there's so many things that, you know, in in, in calling for people for ministry. That uh, you know, if they have a desire for it, then they first of all need to get themselves involved. They need to find them a mentor, which could be me, could be you, could be someone in this church that they look up to, mm-hmm. that would be able to say, you know, <laughs> like if you've got a now, if let's say that somebody has a desire to be a Sunday school teacher, mm-hmm. they're not going to come to me and you because we don't teach Sunday school, right? But they can go to one of these Sunday school teachers that we have who've been in this thing for. 30, 40, 50 years, you mm-hmm. know, the different ones that we have, and let them mentor them and say, okay, you want to teach Sunday school, let me show you how, let me teach you how. Come go and sit with me and do what I, you know, see what I do. You know, a lot, there's, the Church of God has a new program, and it's called the, uh, oh, I don't want to say it wrong. 
We have an MIP, which is intern in, internship program, which I did. But there's one before that, and I can't think of the name of it. And I'll have to look it up. But it's a class that you can go to to kind of determine what kind of ministry you want to do. Oh, and that okay. person wants to get into that kind of thing, and it's um, and I can't like I said it's the the end of if I couldn't think of it, but normally I would think of it, but I can't right now. But it's something like but for someone like that, I would tell them let's get you involved in that. Let's get you. It's CAMS. It's called CAM, C-A-M. And it's a, it's a discovery of what ministry you want to be in. You know, if somebody says, well, I want to be a missionary, or I want to be a youth leader, I want to be a song director, I want to be, you know, those kind of things, then this would come, they can go and take this class once they're 18, at older, you know, older, but they can take this class and it'll determine where ministry and what they kind of want to do and that kind of thing. Get them some educational opportunities and what they can do for education-wise to possibly do those things. Oh, cool. So there's avenues that you can do that in. But also the biggest thing here is just find you a mentor, someone who can help you, and somebody that will lead you and guide you and show you what that ministry is all about. But the thing is, you know, like I said, you and I couldn't do it, but the we, Sunday school mm-hmm. teacher can. Right, you know. right. Uh, if I was going to have somebody do youth, I would tell them to go mentor by, by my wife and, you know, different ones that do the youth here, Amy, mm-hmm. Amy downstairs, who does our children's church, who's wonderful at it. She is. Uh, if somebody wanted to do children's church, that's exactly who I'd send them to, to have her mentor them, you know. Right. So just find you someone that you can get involved with and just learn that, what the ministry is. Okay. Oh, that's awesome. Um, did you want to... Give information, like if someone wants to contact you. Do you... Sure. Uh, my name is Jim Elmore, pastor of Pace Church of God. Like I said, Lord bless us. To, by June 6th, we'll be here 30 years and proud to be. Uh, my number is 304-575-5828. If you have any questions, you can call anytime like that. Come see us. We're Sunday mornings, 11 o'clock, Wednesday night at 630. Come see us. Be with us. We'd love to have you. All right. Well, if you need any further uh, instructions, we are in Page, West Virginia. Um, not really sure how to give directions how to get here, but... Big white church across the tracks. <laughs> <laughs> but you can call Jim. Jim will get you here. That's right. So. He'll get you here for sure. <laughs> All right. Well, we, we thank you, Jim, for You're doing this for My us. Pleasure. And until next time, we'll see you later. Bye.